It's Losing Sucks, episode 36. Thanks for joining us. It's me, Dustin Blanton, along with my trusty co-host, Travis Masterson. We're back after the holiday break. It's week 12, this episode, breaking down some of the narratives that are just coming to light. We've got a banged up NFL right now, and there is plenty there's no shortage of topics to talk about right now, and we're going to get right into it. Travis, we've got we've got some things that we need to discuss because right now it ain't all flowers in the NFL. It's not it's not all roses across all of the fantasy lineups right now, and it's now more than ever that people are going to need to go over to Twitter, make sure you're following us at losing sucks where we can give you advice and talk to you, work you through what's going on. Travis, what happened to the staples of the fantasy uh, game right now? What happened to these guys over the weekend? It was a survival of the fittest in Week 12. As we recap these games, and you see names like Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Darren Waller, DeAndre Swift. Superstar. These are top two to three round players um, or overall players, even for Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin cook, as far as draft capital. Yeah. That you will not have in a very critical stretch week, 13, 14 before the playoffs, mm. Christian McCaffrey being shut down for the year. Everybody's well aware of that. Darren Waller, I think is going to be a one week miss. I know that you're hoping that Deandre Swift is a one week miss. I I'm nervous. As yeah. a non-DeAndre Swift owner, I still fear for those who have him that they could give him the Christian McCaffrey treatment at some point if this is a little bit more severe than they're leading on. Hopefully it's not. I would like to see him back. I really like watching him play football. If he's not, Jamal Williams' stock is going up big time. And then Alexander Madison replacing Dalvin Cook and Chuba Hubbard replacing Christian McCaffrey. Those are going to be some guys over the next two weeks that will make some playoff dreams come true. And if you were not smart enough or able to handcuff your studs, you will pay a hefty price if you are 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five and you're getting chased down by those who have your backups. That is true. I being in one of those positions of chasing. Um... Yeah, it's you nailed it right on the head. Obviously, it's easy to look back after an injury happens and say you should have had someone's handcuff. But we had mentioned before that we're getting cl- weeks ago. Yeah, we're we're getting your pat if you're past the bye for your running back. There, there's really no excuse not to have their their handcuff. You know, like you know Christian McCaffrey. He's been injured all year. He was injured all last year. You you grab his backup. Okay, Dalvin Cook, you know, this is, we're talking draft strategy. You know, you grab Dalvin Cook, the thought crosses your mind. You should keep Alexander Madison on your roster. You know, DeAndre Swift, you know, Jamal Williams, obviously going in drafts, like he's, he was an actively drafted player. You know, maybe he wasn't on your roster, but he is a useful piece now. Um, My question for you, Travis, with Darren Waller missing time. What does this do for the Raiders passing attack? Do we all of a sudden have Brian Edwards relevance? Is this all of a sudden going to mean, you know, Hunter Renfro, you know, 
ekes up into instead of just being that reliable wide receiver three type, is he now could is he going to approach that wide receiver two threshold and actually be a fantasy playoff push kind of guy? Because maybe it is more than a week, but if not, he's a useful piece that maybe has just been sitting at the end of your bench waiting for an opportunity. Yeah, we've been on Renfro for probably six weeks now. We've said his name, I believe, every episode. We've put out graphics. We've done our research and called our shot that Renfro is somebody you need to go Mm -hmm. get. And that was before Darren Waller injury. So, yeah, I do think that he will be a top 20 play every single week, especially in PPR. There will not be a week the rest of the season that Renfro does not have double-digit targets. I do not. I really think that that floor of 10 targets I think Renfro is going to wow to live in that Deontay Johnson type target volume they have nobody else Brian Edwards has not shown anything and obviously Ruggs is gone Deshaun Jackson with four catches he kind of plays that Ruggs role Foster Moreau we saw Josh Jacobs getting a little bit more involved he's finally catching some passes yep about time the Raiders are scary right now man they are yeah, I feel like they're a ticking time bomb, but you can really rely on Hunter Renfro, Renfro, regardless of game script. I think he's he's in that league winning list of players that's about six to eight deep. Do you mean ticking time bomb in, in a bad way, like in terms of this? Yeah. This, okay, you think that they're kind of approaching a cliff, huh? You think that they're all about to fall? Yeah, off. I think they're they're hanging on for dear life, and yeah. in terms of playoffs, for Renfro, sure. I Renfro, I think is the only one that you can trust to be game script proof. Um, I know we just said Josh Jacobs is catching a little bit more out of the backfield. They don't have a whole lot of other options outside of Drake. But, yeah, yeah, I'm not excited about what we're seeing from the Raiders outside of Renfro. I have Josh Jacobs in a league. He actually had a good week. Yeah. We're past the trade deadline now, but... In a lot of leagues. The Raiders scare me, man. They really do. Yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't mean that there's no one to be excited about because... You know, week 12 has come and gone, but there were some performances that we can actually look towards and wide-eyed, bushy-tailed. We are excited about these guys. We're going to start it off. Regular season Lenny has arrived, and <laughs> I like it. he has completely eaten the soul of Ronald Jones. He is no longer relevant. Like that's, I didn't see even this coming. Like I, Lenny has taken on that entire heat. He's he may not be the most efficient player in the NFL, but he it consistently finds himself in these situations where he is able to fill a need. He if you need a running back on third down that can catch and is also a threat to run between the tackles, that's Lenny. If you need a guy that can be a red zone weapon, that's Lenny. If you need a guy to get you three yards, that's Lenny. And Tampa Bay feeds him a healthy amount of touches, four touchdowns. Travis, four touchdowns against the Colts and leading them to victory. Like, how do you not? How are you not excited about the guy and the prospects of what this guy is bringing to your roster now, heading into the playoffs? He where, balled out, man. You know, looking at the the schedule for these these Bucks, he is he has a very favorable schedule coming up. Leonard Fournette, you could even say that he's the lead back in Tampa Bay at this point in the season, over over a guy like. Ronald Jones, who yeah. is such a great, talented player. <laughs> it was player. a touch and go um, there for a while. 
between uh, between Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, one of them has a touchdown in back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it at that. Oh, my goodness. How- <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Fournette, no, it, seriously, he's looking like a top 10 a top ten running so back good. rest of the season. I traded for him Smart. in a dynasty league and a redraft league. I was uh, very aggressive in going to get Leonard Fournette before this week, and I... Let's just say I won in both. Yeah. That was really fun. Yeah, he almost knocked me out in one league. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, RB3 on the mm. season. What a value for in the middle to beginning of the second round. I know people, he's a polarizing guy. People yeah. either loved Mixon or hated him. For sure. Rightfully so. He's burned a lot of people in the past, but all the tools were there. The volume was going always going to be there. And he's delivering. If you have him in a home league, especially if you compare him with an RB2 caliber guy like Elijah Mitchell, it's looking like you're in for a long run this you year. You know, can I just say for a minute here, I know you you just <laughs> kind of made this jab at me. Uh, I drafted Joe Mixon in that league. I had Elijah Mitchell before anyone else. <laughs> and wow. I gave him away. <laughs> I shouldn't say I gave him away. Who'd you trade Mixon I, I, for? I traded Mixon. I got Stephon Diggs back. Um, so... Oh, yeah, so it's right. not like I gave him away for nothing. Like I, It was early in the season. I'm thinking, okay, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift about to go off. Boy, was I wrong. Fantasy's weird like that. I, I needed wide receiver. Yeah, he's, he's been balling Elijah, out. Elijah Mitchell, too. 32 touches. Yeah. This dude, I, he's on that Renfro list of guys that can potentially help you win sure. in a Elijah big way. Mitchell, he gets it. Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. and Houston in the playoffs. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, he's mad. And then the last guy is, is your uh, one of your favorite yeah. players in the history of fantasy football. I had, Go for I had it. To, I had to bring him up. I had to put him in the in the breathtakers column because this man, Antonio Gibson, is finally seeing that workload that we we had talked about before the season, what needed to happen for Antonio Gibson to be that running back one type. And 36 touches will do it. Um, but the the one caveat that I want to toss on top of this, Travis, is that J.D. McKissick was banged up. You know, I hope he's okay. That looks scary. He had that, that you know, let's call it an upper body injury. I don't know if it was head, neck, what it was. He was able to sit up and, you know, he's carted off the field. But without that man in that lineup, Antonio Gibson is a very, very appealing play, especially against a Raiders team now um, heading into this week. And he's, he's a borderline running back one, volume-based alone. Uh, yeah, I think he for sure is a it's a running back one, especially with all the injuries that we've got going around around the running back room of yeah, the league he, right now. He's for sure a top twelve. I saw on his description on Yahoo it said uh Antonio Gibson now looking like a pretty safe mid mid level RB two. I'm like, wow, that's a bold call. It, yeah. RB two. Pretty safe RB two. So you're telling me he's eighteen to twenty. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Somebody who gets 36 touches. Yeah, 36 Good touches. There. And look, he he out-touched he, he out-touched He looks so McKissick, good. Of course. But he also out-targeted JD McKissick in this game. Like I this is what I wish I had all season. Like where have you been? His leg was broken. Yeah, my heart was broken. Probably it still is broken, but he's still finding a way. Who broke your heart? Jalen Hurts, wow! Uh, Ouch! Let's what? Like we know, 
I don't like victory laps. Can I just say that real quick? I don't like victory laps. I don't like I don't like going back over things that I'm right on. Unfortunately, Travis, I'm just right a lot of the time. Like Jalen Hurts, not an accurate quarterback. <laughs> He's not someone who's gonna sit in the pocket and just pick you apart. Like not everyone can you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna come to this guy's okay. defense right now. Hop up on we your horse, put your white up. armor on, come save this guy. We have a section coming up called Between the right. Lines. And and we will get there in about five to ten minutes. But Jalen Hurts should have been on that list, not the Heartbreakers list. That was my Did he fault. not break your heart? He did go single digits. He did go single digits. I was able to win in the league that I started him and the league that I played against him, which is great. Yep. However, the reason why I think he should be on the Between the Lines segment. Did you watch the Eagles game on Sunday? Yes or no? I did. I did watch that game. How many passes, deep bombs, touchdowns, did his receivers and tight ends drop? At least three. I mean, I mean, Jalen Rager was having forty-yard touchdowns hit him in the helmet. Yeah, and, then, and yeah, it it was ugly for Rager. Rager was getting torn apart. And then at the end of the game, Twitter. at the end of the game, it goes right through his hands. Or was that into the first half? Yeah, I think it was into the game. That was at the end of the first half. Okay, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was at the end of the first half. Um, but Rager, man, Ooh. it was it was. I mean, I think it was fourth and ten or third and ten at the very end. Yeah. Not a good look, but... So that's not Jalen Hurts' fault. If one of those is yeah, caught, he's got a 15-point day. The thing is... And he's a QB1. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll give him a few of them. Um, but the dude was like 14 of 31. Pat throwing the ball. Yeah, it w- he was inaccurate, but if, if a few of those are caught, and I th- also think he ran out inside the five twice. So... He's a couple plays away from a 15 to 20 point day. He threw three interceptions though. So I I feel like it does kind of fall on him there. Um in that in that regard. Like yeah, you could throw a bunch of touchdowns, but if you're throwing the ball to the other team, like it's hard to win that. At least he didn't throw as many as Lamar Jackson, okay? I'm going to defend Jalen Hurts. Wow. Well, he also didn't run for as many <laughs> yards as Lamar Jackson. Uh, he might have. He ran for 77 yards, but it didn't matter because at, at the end of the day, he put up what? He put up maybe nine points? He did. This is a fantasy football podcast, yeah. and he did he break your heart. broke your heart. heart. That's, the, that's the point. Single digits in week 12 is not going to get it done. He, he's not quite Tom Brady, who's the next guy that we're going to bring up. Tom Brady faced a scorching hot Indianapolis Colts defense and still came away with a win. Uh, but he only put up like 226 and a touchdown interception, a very pedestrian game for Tom. Look, for a running quarterback, and I don't want to just, you know at this point, I don't have to, to qualify what Tom Brady is at this point, but Tom Brady, he just had an okay game. You know, he did enough to win. He didn't throw a bunch of Jalen Hurts type picks. He he kept it simple. He let Lenny Lenny win the game for him. That's really all they needed from him. He didn't have to, you know, come back and and throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. You know, this was just kind of a game where Tom Brady managed it, managed it very well. But yeah, it's it's heartbreaking in terms of the fact that Tom Brady is like the quarterback, like maybe four on the year, and 
he didn't give you a quarterback, you know, one type of, of week. Tom Brady, the last time he went under 12 points, which was once this season, the next week mm-hmm. had 37 points. So, yes, I think Atlanta is a nice bounce-back opportunity. I don't think they force-feed any of the running backs. I think Brady says, all right, here come four more touchdowns. MVP is back on track. Yeah. And if you have Tom Brady, expect a massive day against Atlanta. Yeah, that's going to be a buffet for Mr. Brady. Um, It is. You know, the Monday night game that we watched between the Seahawks and and the Washington football team. Um, I expected big things out of the offense for the, the Seahawks. Man, they have just, if you watch, this is a, a quintessential example of, of an offense just not being in sync. And at this point, Travis, the Seahawks are knocked out of the playoffs, essentially, and DK Metcalf has been unrecognizable the last three games. He's had... He's had 20 targets, but eight receptions over the last three games and 70 yards combined. No touchdowns. He's catching 40% of his passes. So frustrating. He's so frustrating. I don't know too. what to do, man. Like, I don't, you can't sit him. He's not a Rashad Bateman. He, you have to play him because of what he can do. But Russell Wilson looks terrible. And we get a little bit of joy from that on this show. Yeah. Especially because we are not Seahawk fantasy player owners. But DK Metcalf cost a lot of people some, some games last night, particularly really close games. We saw a lot of those on Twitter where they just needed a little bit from DK and they did not get it. Same goes for Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, we know three targets is not going to be the norm for Jamar Chase. He, I feel like he's due for a 20 to 25 point week. I might have called that a week early. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if it's just me. I feel like... This has been the slowest Tuesday of the fantasy year so far because there's so many guys that I just want to fast forward to Sunday and let them redeem themselves that I'm really excited about, that you know big games are coming very soon. And it's tough to talk about DK Metcalf and Jamar Chase in the light that we are, but brighter days are ahead for sure for Jamar Chase. DK I'm a little bit worried about because the Seahawks are, are lost. Um... Wrap this one up. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, are you worried about the running game with zero passing game to take off some pressure from these guys? Do you Are, are you worried about what you're going to get from Chubb and Hunt? Yes and no. I, I'm not as worried about, like, I'm not taking this game as, as being an indicator that, that Hunt is, is done or that Chubb is going to struggle the rest of the season because running is their identity. They're going to find some success. But what I more look to is kind of the ancillary pieces that are actually kind of building blocks for what they want to do. They lost Jack Conklin on that offensive line. He's a great piece. He is a huge part of what they want to do. And look, these two all pro type running backs that they have are going to struggle. Like you said, if they have no passing game, Jarvis Landry is the only consistent weapon that they have. And Baker Mayfield looks rough at times. Like, they, they kept making a huge deal of that harness that he wears, but he, the dude has a torn labrum in his shoulder, like a sprained AC joint. Like, that, it's like mesh, like, essentially. That whole, that whole left shoulder is, like, that is affecting the way he throws. Yeah, and I, but I think it's affecting 
in turn, the respect that the defense is giving to their passing attack. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think they, the, that box is going to be absolutely packed the rest of the season. Eight-man boxes the entire rest of the way. I, I have no doubt. You, have, you don't really have a ton of people that you can really consistently threaten a, a secondary with. So um, Donovan Peoples-Jones People Jones is out of there. Unless it's a PPR league, uh, I'm staying away from Jarvis Landry as well. So, I mean, you're obviously going to start Chubb, right? Yeah. Oh, you cannot. It, no, you do you're not. You're not going to bench Chubb. him. But, but just expectation-wise, he's right at yeah. the nine, RB 9-10 right now. He's got his bye yeah. week this week. He'll fall outside the top 12 on the season. Right. Let's let's say Nick Chubb or Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell for me. The rest of the season. Yeah, uh, for me it's Elijah Mitchell. It's it's crazy how quick that changed, but I think especially with if the, they had the any kind of passing attack. Oh, for sure. You're still gonna say Chubb, but it is it was bad. Baltimore had zero oh, yeah. respect for Baker throwing the ball, so it, I think it's gonna be really tough sledding. And it's a game. Look, it's a game where the Ravens turned the ball over four times. And they still weren't able to have a, a stellar game. So, um, yeah, um, worried. I have a lot of questions about this Browns offense. I don't. I think, unfortunately, they're kind of going to Cleveland the rest of the season. I think they missed the playoffs, and I think, I think uh, Hunt and and Chubb are going to be unpredictable. You've got um, Baltimore. Again, mm-hmm. coming out of the bye, yep. and then you get a, a better one with Vegas in Week 15. Sure, and then you finish the season at Green Bay and at Pittsburgh, who are very good run D's. Yeah, rough, rough. I'm nervous about the Browns running backs. All right, let's go to between the lines, Dustin. Take me between the lines. All right, man. Let's dive into some some narratives, some stories that are starting to sprout. Maybe they've been growing underground. Um, but we want to take you into some things that maybe the numbers don't show. Um, we've got here, one of the talking points is Melvin Gordon. He's still out carried Javante Williams, but Travis, you're still, you're still convinced that Javante is poised to take over this backfield. Um, I may have some differing thoughts, but I'm curious to hear your opinion on this and what, what you're seeing from Javante. I have said this for probably eight weeks now. It is not... Um, I don't think it's a Melvin Gordon uh, injury that has to happen. I think it is the fact that Denver will be eliminated from the playoffs in time for the the Final Four and the championship. And I think Javante Williams, once Denver is out, if Melvin Gordon, even if he's healthy, they start to say, all right, this is your show. Here's 20 touches. Show us what you can do. I mean, they—he's their guy. He's sure. their future. Melvin's out of there, right? So, sure. Yes, Melvin can can still get banged up, but even if he doesn't, I feel like Javante Williams. It's just a patient game, and you got rewarded this week. He may still have another quiet week or two along the way, but I think come playoff time, this dude is going to be given the rock more and more. Mm-hmm. And we see when he gets the ball, he's awesome, and he produces at a high rate. He's definitely the, I would say, it's tough to say he's more electric because they're, they're, they're effective in different ways. He's the more elusive back at this point in their careers. I would, I would bring up two points, though, because um, just for our listeners to think about, something for you to think about as well, you bring up the you know, end of the season, maybe they're out of the playoff race. Um, my question to that would be, 
one, why would you grind up your young guy when you know it doesn't matter? It's kind of like you're talking about with, uh, with DeAndre Swift and maybe they shut him down where they're not going to shut down Javante. But why wouldn't you continue to grind out this guy that's on the last year of his contract with your team, that is the veteran, that you don't care if, if this guy takes up all those touches. So I guess in my... The fans, man. The fans? The fa- it's for the fans. The fans want to see oh, I'm the sure. big-time draft pick. I'm sure. Th- they finished with Detroit, Cincinnati, Vegas, and the Chargers. Yeah. It is gorgeous. It's a buffet for, for running. Uh, and I think Melvin's gonna eat there as well. He had 17 touches or 17 carries his last game. So yeah, I, I'm fine starting Melvin. I just feel yeah. like I feel like Javante Williams. When I say takeover, I don't. I'm not saying a top 10 running back. I don't okay. think that we'll see. Maybe, yeah. Context is important. A then. 17 to 20 point week, like we will with a Mixon or or Elijah Mitchell or those those type sure. of guys. But I think as an RB two, I think you're gonna get that kind of production. And if you have the luxury of being able to play him at your flex, you're going to have the upper hand on most people's flex. Okay, I like that. Much like my man, Tony Pollard. Um, yes. An ugly topic that I always hate talking about is the backfield for the New England Patriots. This is always a muddled mess. You can never predict it, but we've got two big names in Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. One, look, the worst thing, I have said this for years, the worst thing that could happen for someone is a backup running back for the Patriots having a huge game. Because then you want to believe in him. And Twitter went wild saying Ramondre Stevenson is alive and he's, he's about to break out and Damian Harris is dust. Look, talk yourself into this all you want, okay? You, you tell yourself this. And then I feel bad for the people who put Ramondre Stevenson in their lineups le- this past week and they got squashed. You know, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, had nine carries in the entire game, um, but five of them were in the fourth quarter when they were up by double digits, Travis. I love the Patriots. I love, I I don't love them as an organization. I respect them, but I love watching them play this year. In terms of fantasy. Well, just football in general. I love watching them play. They play the right way. Mac Jones is a joy to watch. And it feels like everybody on that team on both sides of the ball is 100% bought in to doing what they need to do. They all seem like they know what they're doing, right? Like there's no question. There's no ego. They're laughing. They're having fun. Obviously winning helps that. And they're on a nice streak right now. Um, Damian Harris is the clear starter there. That's why he's on this between the lines. Like you said, Stevenson got nine carries five were completely worthless as far as important carries in the game. They uh they did not have success running the ball in general, but he is the clear starter. I am worried about Damian Harris going forward for the rest of this season. It, I don't think it's a workload thing, but it's a schedule thing. They get Okay. Uh they get Buffalo at Buffalo this week. Then a bye. And then they close it down with Indy at Indy. Then Buffalo again. And then in week 17, if you're still alive, you get Jacksonville in New England, which would be great. But you have a gauntlet of the next four weeks against against two top five run defenses and a bye week. So Damian Harris owners, beware. 
try to find other options. Look ahead. Know that these tough, tough matchups and the bye week are here. Yeah, I, I've never, I know, I can never trust a New England backfield. But if you have uh, Damian Harris, if you need someone as maybe a, a low end, you know, RB two, RB three type, um, with some upside, Damian Harris might have to be your guy. Touchdown dependent, you know, so be it. Last guy in between the lines. Actually, no, we've got two more. Um, Od- Odell Beckham. This is these are good ones. This is very hot topics. Oh boy, I have some thoughts on this guy. Yeah, well, I'll start off with the obvious. Okay, he had the ten targets. Look at a box score; you'll see it. But what I want, what I want people to really focus in on, is the context in which he is being used. And, the, and what you can possibly expect from him. All right, so this is a guy who was targeted, like I said, 10 times. He didn't have his first catch until near the end of the second quarter, and it was for five yards, okay? He did have that monster 54-yard touchdown to start the fourth quarter. But they didn't really start looking his way consistently until they were down, until they're really starting to play catch-up. Um, so my question to you, Travis, is, how comfortable are you with Odell Beckham Jr. possibly serving as your second wide receiver on your team right now, which a good majority of teams are probably looking at right now? What, what do you think we can expect from him moving forward, especially with this next matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are, really, are pretty decent against the quarterback position and isn't a team that really demands you to throw the ball against them as well? I think Odell will be a – he will give you some weeks in the next four to six weeks. He will give you a few um, mid-level wide receiver twos and some wide receiver threes. I think he has a floor that will keep him inside the top 36. And I think he has a, a limited ceiling with Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson and the way that they want to run the ball. Um. I don't see him cracking that wide receiver one group, but I think he's a safe 20 to 30 range for me. Okay. So you're saying he's probably right around that wide receiver two to three range. Um, I think he and Van Jefferson will flip flop many weeks. Van will be in that top 15 to 20. And then, the next week it'll be Odell's week, but Van was Van much more a part of that offense. You could he had nine targets in this past game, but you can tell he's Stat Matt Stafford is much more comfortable throwing to Van than he is to Odell. A lot of Odell's yeah. routes were short slants, you know, short hooks. Um, they were simple concept routes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let people in on this. This is more of a football talk rather than his fantasy, but it is fantasy relevant. Odell has not been with this team long enough to be the go-to on a lot of the route concepts that they are going to run. Like he's not going to take over the Robert Woods role. Okay. Robert Woods could do a lot more in the concepts. That role is more going to go towards Van Jefferson. Odell is like a Van Jefferson plus at this point. He's going to get these, these games. I think he's a solid lock for six targets, maybe a game. Um, but the 10 targets he... What if you had to pick one? It, it, right now? Uh, that's... T- I, yeah, I guess I would... I trust the talent of Odell over Van Jefferson. Um, I'm going Van. Yeah, and that's... I, I, I can't blame Van you. Jefferson was in the end zone. He's, he was one yeah. inch on the white line from being 
a top five receiver this week. Yeah, I, I think Van Jefferson, look, when you get down to the red zone, you looked, Matt Stafford's looking for the guys. He's looking for Higby, he's looking for Cup, and he's looking for Van. He's looking for guys he trusts and he knows, yeah. and he knows that, because when you get down there, that's when it counts. That's when you have to execute. And Odell just isn't there yet. Yet he can get you a 54-yard bomb. Anyone with talent in that league and yeah, you know, you throw it up to a lot of guys and they can break it for 54. That's not I'm not going to say it's not hard, but more guys can do that than can find the space in the red zone and be available for their quarterback. And Odell isn't there yet. He's not going to be you know, they're not going to draw up a ton of plays for Odell in the red zone. That's why he's going to get you your 5-yard slants, you know, in between the 20s and you hope for a big bomb like you had. I think Odell showed a lot of people some false hope, and I think Odell's going to be a guy, like I said, five to six targets a game, get you a handful of yards. He's yeah, going to he be a you. touchdown-dependent wide receiver three. That's, for me, that's what he is. What about Darnell Mooney coming off of a 20-point game and a 15-point game? Do these numbers show you that he is a trustworthy top 20 receiver, or is it only because of Allen Robinson's injury? And also the fact that Andy Dalton, multi-pro bowl quarterback, has been throwing him the ball. Andy Dalton looked serviceable. I, was, I almost said good. Um, but Darnell Mooney, he has a lot of talent. I think this offense just, the offense is just not good. If you watch, and it's not even just, um, like they don't score a lot of points because they don't. Um, that's a huge part of it. The touchdowns don't come. I don't see him as a trustworthy top twenty. I, I don't think you can really look to anyone on this team as a trustworthy anything at this point. David Montgomery isn't even trustworthy. Um, because again, this team doesn't get in the red zone enough. Okay, here's a team that gets in the red zone a lot. Okay, Darnell Mooney or Kendrick Bourne. Oh, that's rough. Um. Because Kendrick Bourne has actually been scoring some points. Um, he was what we wanted Jacoby Myers to be. I, again, I don't like how New England operates in terms of fantasy. I think David Montgomery, or I'm sorry, Darnell Mooney, um, is just a, a product. He's a talented player in a bad offense. You know, So playing with a rookie quarterback, playing with Andy Dalton, Whoever he's playing with, I don't see him as a trustworthy top 20. I think he is lucky in a lot of weeks to get into that wide receiver three range. Um, he gets a touchdown. He pushes into wide receiver two. I, don't, I just don't think he's someone that you can consistently throw in your lineup. You hope for a, a game against the Lions or someone like that. But other than that, keep him on the bench. This is our first disagreement of the show. Really? You like I am starting Mooney. Absolutely. I watched every snap of that Bears game. Yeah. And Mr. Orange Shoes is wide open. And when he's not, he's making great catches. Yeah, he's really good against he's the earning worst their pass trust defense in game the by game. Absolutely. Yeah, but but here's here's why I think this. When Allen Robinson comes back, which should be this yep. week, who gets the number one cornerback? Uh probably Allen Robinson. Yeah. Right. Darnell Mooney has been cooking number ones the last two weeks. Now he gets a number two. I really like what we've seen from Mooney. I think his confidence is through the roof, and the team's confidence in him is through the roof. I think he... Oh, man. I, I really do think he... I'm trusting him inside no, of the top 20 no. for Don't most weeks. Don't lead these people into this trap. I really, I really like him, man. Stop it. You stop it right now. 
Like he's getting Justin Fields back. I don't. Why am I? Why am I having to qualify? Like, have you? Like, I'm a Bears fan, and I'm sitting here saying, please don't play any Bears players. Like, if you have David Montgomery, sure. But Darnell Mooney is, like I said, he's going to be a low end wide receiver three most weeks because he, yeah, he may get ten targets, but he'll get forty yards. And like I said, if he's lucky enough to get a touchdown, maybe he can approach wide receiver two range. But the, this offense just does, it's, if it's, you just have to watch the games. I mean, they're just not a good offense, whether they're getting sacked, you know, holding penalties. It, they, they cannot sustain drives, and Darnell Mooney suffers from that. So you may die on that hill. Okay, I, I actually, I, I will, because as I look back, He's coming off a 15, a 20, and then a bye week. Then you go back to week nine before the bye against Pittsburgh, 19. I won't do it. Before that, 9.4, one bad one against Tampa, and then 13 again. He's also got a 16. I mean, he is, he's a 15-plus point player in six, six of eight weeks. Yeah, I, just, I still can't do it. <laughs> I, I, I just can't do it. Uh, I, I love it. I I think Mooney is Mooney and Van Jefferson for me are guys that are going to be like Renfro that who are, you do not expect to see, but they are on championship teams. Who would you play him over? All right, so you just mentioned Renfro. Are you gonna are you gonna put Mooney in over Renfro? Uh, it depends on who they're playing against. I have them at the same level, and it depends on who they're playing. If Mooney has a good matchup. Mooney's ceiling is so much higher. If it's a tough matchup, I'll take the floor of Renfro. Interesting. All right. Uh, Mooney or Chase Claypool then? Mooney. Wow. Okay. I mean, granted. I want no part yeah, of Chase that's, Claypool. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I mean, God. There is the only, uh, the only player in Pittsburgh that I trust. Deontay or Najee? Is Deontay Johnson. I don't even trust Najee Harris. Oh, uh, yeah. It's not his fault. Yeah. No, it really is. But Deontay's game script proof, and and Najee was for for a lot of the uh, year. Najee's, but getting. But they're going to be. Pat, you're going to start him, yeah. but I don't trust him to be. I don't trust him to be a first round talent the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, this is a perfect segment or perfect segue into our next segment of Can you believe it? Uh, yes, you can believe it, Darnell Mooney. You better believe it. Well, I don't. Okay, I don't. I'm passionate it. about this man. You bring up the first name in this. Can you believe it? Segment is Dontrell <laughs> Hilliard. The dude has 28 touches over the last two weeks. What is going on in the world? Okay, it's like I think this man pulled a space jam and took all of the the talent from Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, and he took it. Okay, this man has taken all the touches. I can't even tell you who this man plays for. Like, Dontrell Hilliard, does he still play football? Like, you better, you better understand that any featured back, 28 touches in that offense for Tennessee <laughs> is going to get some good looks. They have a really strong O-line. And zero love wide play receivers action. right now. Who who are they gonna yeah, play action AJ to? Brown, who are they gonna play action when to? When AJ Brown and Julio are back here in two weeks, yeah. Come down the the playoff stretch. I don't know Tennessee's schedule, but just because of the division that they're in, I'm willing to bet Dontre Hilliard will face some favorable matchups. Yeah, he's got Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, and San Francisco coming up. So 
Uh, Jacksonville's probably going to be a... I don't like it. I'm not... I'm out. I'm out. I don't like it. Yeah? He's on a bye. Uh, he's on a bye this week, and then he has Jacksonville Pittsburgh. I'm out this week for sure. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, he faces the bye. <laughs> yeah, the, the bye is going to be tough to... The bye, they're undefeated. Yeah, the bye uh, always wins, so... Um, I Look... Hilliard gives you one more good game the rest of the year. I, I And that's Jacksonville. Probably. Look, you're probably not wrong. Uh, I can believe it, though. Um, they got to hand it to someone, and there is absolutely no one to catch the ball, so... Uh, Good on you, Don Charles. So you believe it? You think you you think start him? I think start him. I think when he comes back against Jacksonville, start him. Because you know what? You, if you if you're if you have him on your roster, you needed a running back anyway, and he's a starting running back on a team like you said that wants to run the ball. He had 12 carries and 130 yards. Granted, he had that monster touchdown. All right, here's two two for you. Okay, Dontrell Hilliard or Kareem Hunt? Oh, Kareem Hunt. Come on, really? Yeah, because, you know, why I always go toward because like, I'm never going to chase on the yeah, he had 12 carries, but is he going to have another 40 yard touchdown? Probably not, you know, like 12 carries for 130 yards. I, I um a lot of those yards weren't like in the thick of the game, you know, what is it about Kareem um, Hunt that you trust more than Hilliard? I think it's just that he's a much, much better player. Um, and I think Kareem Hunt's going to come back and take more of the receiving work now that they're kind of devoid of some weapons. Once he gets healthier, I think that's going to be more valuable. Um, not nothing against Central Hilliard. I think Kareem Hunt has the talent and I trust him and his workload because who's to say that Dontrell Hilliard isn't going to all of a sudden lose the role to, to Foreman or whatever. I'm out. I don't trust it. Okay. All right. I do not believe it. That's fine. You don't believe it then. Our next guy, a next guy that we're going to bring up, Matt Burita, three touchdowns in the last three games for the Buffalo Bills. He only has 23 touches in the last three weeks. He is the RB 14 over the last three weeks, which is a little surprising, but on that offense um, with his athleticism, sure. I don't trust it. I don't believe it. I don't either. Um, He's been touchdown dependent. Uh, I for me it's all about volume and opportunity. He he's getting the most work out of the running backs, which is great. Um, but again, we know that that team doesn't run the ball. It's going to get tighter and tighter as the weather changes, and you got New England twice. It's going to be a lot of Josh Allen to Diggs. It's going to be Josh Allen to his trusted Dawson Knox and Cole Beasley, and then Josh Allen's legs. I am not thinking anybody in that backfield is going to make any of my lineups, period. No, I agree. Um, like you said, especially facing New England in two of the next three weeks, I think that they are a, a very, they're a top-notch defense, and I, I just don't trust Matt Burita with his limited opportunities to continue to get it done and be valuable for your lineup. Another... Mention of the New England Patriots offense. We mentioned him earlier. Kendrick Bourne, holy cow, the wide receiver five over the last three <laughs> weeks. It's, we, it's all, we all saw it coming. Uh, the Shout out to Alberto Jr. who picked him up and has been starting him nonstop. He saw the light My way goodness. before we did. Kendrick Bourne. Uh, look, I'm believing this, Dustin. You're believing it, really. Am I believing he's wide receiver five? No. Am I believing he is a top 25 option, reliable every week? Yes. 
Um, okay. This team has found success in Kendrick Bourne, and there's no reason to think they will not keep using him as the wide receiver one on that team. I, hmm, how do I say this nicely? I don't believe it. Uh, okay, where do you have him then? Kendrick Bourne? I, yeah. Uh, is he outside of your top 30 going forward? No, I think I had him at like 28. I think I think that's where I had so him. So he's a borderline wide receiver too. He's more I, I consider him a solid wide receiver three. Look, my my problem here, I don't it's not like what I expect him to produce. It's where I where I think his range of outcomes are. My my problem is sustainability. He's done it for three weeks. Awesome. There's a reason why we didn't come into the season thinking Kendrick Bourne was gonna be the guy. Okay? Because the moment that defense look Three weeks is a sample. That's a large sample. That's a tr- because he had never been given a chance. Oh my gosh, he's never been given a chance. This isn't Oliver Twist, like the the guy. <laughs> he doesn't need to be like brought in off the street and fed some soup and be like, "Don't worry, buddy. We're gonna we're gonna get you up to health." Like Kendrick, he has been boomer bust. I will exactly. give you that. He's got an 18, 14, 14, 22, and twenty. So those are some big games. Sure, but they do come with a two, a three. A five, a three, a four. I mean, he's very boomer bust. I mean, all wide receivers in general are inconsistent. Um, There are just varying degrees of consistency among wide receivers. He's the wide receiver five over the last three weeks. Let's start there. The reason why I'm not buying in, the reason why I do not believe it to be in lockstep with the naming of this segment, Kendrick Bourne isn't someone that is, you know, going to be able to overcome being game scripted out in terms of if a game plan is set if the defense comes in and says okay um well now that um you know Tredavious White's out for the season you know if they go and say Levi Wallace you go over here and you cover Kendrick Bourne for the entire game if Kendrick Bourne is having a number one cornerback on him I think Kendrick Bourne just goes away like I I I don't think he's going to be someone who can overcome that I think they just go towards Nelson Aguilar I think they go towards Jacoby Myers Hunter Henry has been a weapon I just think that Kendrick Bourne, especially, I hate the Patriots in terms of fantasy football. As soon as we think we have something nice, Bill's like, yeah, but watch this. And he this presses a button and it just turns to dust. You have a like a point two on your on your starting lineup. And congratulations, you send a thank you card to Bill Belichick and he just throws it in the trash and then goes and eats saltines with butter. I'm sure that's his favorite <laughs> snack. Like... It just like some some clam chowder, some clam chowder, something bland. Chowder. I just Kendrick Bourne. No, I'm not buying it. Okay, he's a he's a wide receiver. All right, we'll be watching that. We'll be oh, watching. I will. Gerald Everett. We wrap up the show with one of my favorite offseason moves. Gerald Gerald Everett leaves uh, Tyler Higby by himself, mm. who's actually been fine. Been okay. But I, we also said, I listened to that episode back today. And we said, we like Gerald Everett in Seattle. It's a great fit. It is a great fit. He's got a lot of career left. Gerald Everett has 21 targets over the last few weeks, which is more than DK Metcalf, Mm -hmm. 20, Tyler Lockett, 18. He has no business having that many targets compared to those guys. But for whatever reason, whether it's Russell Wilson's finger that's not encouraging him to throw these deep moonshots, whatever it is, Gerald Everett is reaping the rewards, and in a PPR league, he's going to give you five catches, chance at a touchdown. You can do a lot worse than Gerald Everett. I 
this is what we wanted him to be all year, and it took a long time, but I feel like he's finally here for a tight end needy team. Um, I think Gerald Everett's going to give you a little bit of a boost at that position. Yeah. Uh, he like he's very athletic, and he happens to be a now favorite target. I think I feel like Russell Wilson always he habitually targets his tight ends a little bit more like a higher than average rate. Especially when his running backs are all hurt. Yeah, it just kind of happens to this be. This is kind of their, this is like their their four or five yard run. Yeah. Is go four steps, turn around. Okay, now it's second yep, and quick five. Quick hitters. Like, that, helps, that helps fantasy people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, heck, in the last three games, man, he's had games of eight and nine targets. So, not a ton of yardage. I'm, I'm believing it. For segment's sake, I'm believing Gerald Everett to be. Um, a plug-and-play tight end if you need one. Well, in the next couple of weeks, he gets the 49ers and Houston, so I think he could be a streaming option uh, moving Darren forward. Waller owners. <laughs> yeah, maybe look into him. Uh, that's, a, that's a nice tidbit to bring up. 21 targets over the last three weeks, like you said. Um, but Gerald Everett, I'm also going to believe it. All right. That's, that's, a, that's a nice way to wrap up the show, Travis. You mean with a tight end? With a tight end, as we always do <laughs> here at Losing It's Sucks. tradition here. Um, we've got some previews coming up later this week on our next episode, episode 37. Um, we've got our big picks of the week, and we're going to walk you through who you need to be looking at for week 13 as the playoffs approach. Stay in it. Stay strong. Don't lose. Losing sucks. Don't do it. Make sure you follow us over on Twitter at Losing Sucks. As always, thank you for listening. Goodbye.